What's your beverage? favorite alcoholic beverage? If you love being in a girl group, this is totally for you. Some people call us overwhelming. Yeah. Love it or leave it, we don't care. No, but we want you here. Yeah. <gasps> Welcome to you. Can sip with us. Sip with us. Hey, I'm Call. I'm Ash. What are you sipping on? Ash, I'm drinking an Alaskan brewing brewing company Klosh. Oh Is that how you say that? Don't know, but Alaskan Brewing Amber, Alaskan Amber Ale used to be my favorite beer when John and I first met. It's so good. So whenever that was 2007, I love their beer. Yeah. yeah their beer is yeah. absolutely absolutely delicious. It just was a beer. It was just a beer kind of day. Yeah. You know? Needed. Yeah. I'm doing Oh my gosh. I'm doing what? the truly lemonade, but you guys. Yeah. We have a really great episode for you today, but also next week we're going back Ooh, to the Seltzer it's be Science Lab. Major. I did not think we were going to be back in the Seltzer Science Lab ever again, actually. Yeah. And then Seltzer served us up some so we've got Bud Light Light Lemonade and Mike's Hard Lemonade um, just came out with a lemonade seltzer. And we're going to compare them Truly Iced Tea. Truly Iced Tea. Yes. I mean, is that it's kind of like we just have to throw it in the mix. But we've got these new players who are showing up trying to Mm -hmm. trying to enter the seltzer chat. And we're going to see. (laughs) We're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah. If anything can top our, our crown jewel. Right. With our podium favorites. Yeah. And we pre-recorded the episode that you guys are going to hear today because it was we have a guest on. So Call and I have been doing some things. We recorded a Patreon episode and I am a mango truly deep, almost a regular. Yeah. Last sip here. And then I brought a third for backup. So if the ads, <laughs> what's happening today is we're doing an intro and then we've got some ads that we're going to read. If those start getting a little loose... Blame yeah, the truly. watch out. Blame the blame the gold. Blame blame the gold medalist. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so you do, bottom line, one. you don't want to miss the ad this episode, you guys. But <laughs> bottom line, <laughs> if you're gonna listen to any of this episode, let it be the ads. <laughs> listen, listen up. Don't. I was about to say, don't take your ears off this whole episode. That's, that doesn't work That's either. Good. No. Wait, are you going into the ad already? No, I just was ringing okay, the good, bell. We just need to, felt okay. like I needed some sort of like page turn of like, you guys, <laughs> the bell we're super stoked turn. for this episode because we have Dr. Jolene Brighton, who I think we teased on the, like we told you guys when this got booked, I think maybe it was yeah. over on Patreon because we were so jazzed and we've both been followers of her for a long time. And she drops some major knowledge on us that is so helpful for women who are the majority of listeners here um, in the age groups that are the majority of our listeners here. So this is a must listen for everybody. Share it with your loved ones. And I also wanted to say we do focus in this episode specifically on postpartum a little bit, it feels like. But... Her whole knowledge base is not just for postpartum. Actually, her book is called Beyond the Pill, and it is kind of written for people who have gone on birth control pill, which is almost every one of us at this point. So even if we're talking specifically about a postpartum thing in this episode, it can apply to almost all women in general. And we cover a lot of ground, like Costco vitamins and all kinds of stuff, you guys. So without... Mom brain. Oh, my God. Mom brain. That was... So fascinating. So without further ado, enjoy. 
So you guys, we have Dr. Jolene Brighton on here. You guys know who she is because you've been asking us to bring her on the pod. And it feels like worlds are colliding. We are so excited. I actually have been studying your work for a couple years now, ever since my first postpartum journey, which was three and a half years ago or so. And I've learned a lot and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. And so we're super excited to have you on the podcast. So excited. Can you share, um, if anyone doesn't know who you are, a little bit about you? Yeah. So I am, well, I'm a mother. So I think that's like some of my biggest cred if we're going to be talking about postpartum. (laughs) But I'm also a naturopathic physician uh, with a background in nutritional science. um, And I'm super nerdy. So I also have a degree in chemistry as well. And I have a focus in women's health, specifically women's hormonal health. So anything endocrine is really my jam. Um, I'm an author, a speaker, and really, really excited to be here because I think this is going to be a great conversation. Oh my gosh. Dr. Brighton, is it okay to call you Jolene? Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay. Thanks for asking. I am a mega fan. This is Colleen. And we're so excited that you're here. And I just have a, I've, I've written out some questions for you. And the first one, so our audience, we have a lot of, a lot of women, majority women, it's like 99 point something percent women who listen to our podcast. And the majority of those women are in their thirties and forties. This is a big question, but do you, is there one thing that you think most women in their thirties and forties should be doing as part of their everyday routine? Ooh, yeah, that is a big question. You know, there's like so many things that I could rattle off, but I think the number one is you should be checking in with where your energy, your mood, and your state of being is every single day and giving Mm. yourself the grace and the permission to meet your body and, and meet your emotional needs where they are at. And I think that especially um, you know, is is we enter the workforce or we become a mom or we are a mom and we're working um, or we're going through a pandemic. Yeah. Um, as all of these things happen, it's really easy to um, you know, wake up first thing in the morning and just dive into like everybody else's needs and what, you know, what the world needs. So whether that's you're getting on social media, whether you're like me and you had a small human in your bed at six o'clock this morning, already rattling off all of the things he needed, you know, or (laughs) you're, you're someone who you no longer like really have a set work schedule. So you're just like, you know, you're just diving into your emails first thing in the morning. You know, all of that is allowing someone else to set the tone and really dictate what the day is going to look like. And it gives you no space for your own needs. And so the ideal perfect setting would be, you know, you wake up first thing in the morning, you take some deep breaths, you just do a little body scan, check in with your body. Maybe you do some journaling or whatever it looks like for you. Maybe you meditate, pray, uh, just to start processing and checking in and really deciding like, okay, where, where am I at today? How do I feel? Especially as a cyclical creature, because we don't feel the same every single day as you're having a, you know, going through your menstrual cycle and then really decide like, what is this day going to look like? It's important. Like if, if you are edging up on your period and you're like, I'm more irritable and I'm more tired. Well, then that day is going to look like more no's. I cannot do all of these things for everyone and letting some stuff go. Like, you know, I, I always, um, love all the mom photos on Instagram where like their house is like always clean and they're like doing their selfies. And I'm like, yeah, how, 
How yeah, do you it's do impossible. that? Exactly. I'm, like, I'm like kicking Legos out of the background, like taking a photo. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, I just want to say that like not everybody can have that perfect start to their day, right? Like today, do you think I got to do that when, you know, my child decided at six o'clock in the morning, it was just time for me to wake up and was in my bed? No. So we've got to find that time later on. But even if you can just take like 30 seconds to be like, hey, whatever my name is, like, hey, Jolene, how are you feeling today? Like, where are we at? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and just to do that check-in that way you can really honor where you're at. And I think, especially as women, we so often will, um, really just focus on the lack of how we're not enough. We're not doing enough. Why can't, why can't I push through? And if you just check in and you know, today is just not going to be that day. Today is going to be a, like, let it go, take care of myself. Or maybe today is the, I'm going to, you know, kick some ass and like get all this stuff done. And I, I'm feeling amazing. Um, then, then great. But just honoring where you're at without the comparison to where anyone else is at. I love that. Along that topic, I actually, I listened to on Instagram, you had an Instagram live with, um, I think it's like the fasting MD or something like that. And you were talking about, I think it was on that one where you were talking about, you know, and you just mentioned here that we're cyclical creatures and is there part of this, um, you know, need to check in with ourselves and see how we're doing. Because we think a lot of times we wake up, oh, we just go and every day is the same. But being cyclical creatures, you talked about on that live that some days, you know, or some weeks, maybe hard exercise isn't what we need. And, you know, pushing ourselves in certain ways isn't what we need. We need to be a little bit more slow and gentle with ourselves. And is that, do I have that right? Totally. And this is something I think really important for every woman listening to understand. And that is the vast majority of research has been done on men because researchers are like women are complicated. Mm. Yeah, sure. We are, which is why our needs are very different. I mean, just take the fact that like I can actually like create a human in my body and birth it and then I can feed it like with my own body. It does that. I think I am something special and I do deserve the attention of being special, not complicated. Um, and so to understand that we live in a patriarchal society, no, we're not going down like a feminist rant here, but it is a society that has been you know, dominated by men for a very long time, which is who set the nine to five, five days a week work schedule that we have in the United States. Um, it's also, you know, so much of medicine. I mean, the <laughs> there is no mother of gynecology. There's a father of gynecology. It's a man. Okay. And so much of this has really come from a men's perspective. And, you know, they really have fit us into this box where we are expected to perform like our male counterparts. And like, let's just say too, that like way back in the day in medicine, and this is the foundation of of the current paradigm we find ourselves in, which is why it can be so frustrating uh, when you go to the doctor, is that we were just the inferior form of a man. That's how we were viewed. I don't understand how like anyone could have ever got that in their head, um, given that like, men, you're great, you donate some sperm, but like you don't do what my body does. My body's pretty amazing. And I don't think anyone has to be the lesser, um, you know, I, I think that we, we each have our own strengths and those should be honored. But just to understand that this concept, like to me, it doesn't seem like, you know, this should be such a revolutionary concept of like, you are cyclical, you have to honor that. And yet it is because all of society and research, which didn't start including us until like the 90s um, in some of these drug trials and other things, 
they have all looked at the net men are the standard and women are just like the, they have accessory parts, so to speak, which by the way, medicine thinks that like aren't totally necessary. Hence hysterectomies and birth control and all, all of these things and no iterations on some of these treatments. So I think it's just really important uh, that we understand that there is this paradigm shift. And if this is the first time that you're like, wait, I'm different at different times of the month. Yeah. Well, back when I was growing up as a kid, we were told that like, that's because you were crazy at certain times of the month and you were, yeah. your periods made you the lesser and all these things that are just absolutely not true. But instead that there are hormonal fluctuations that take place, some of which um, are going to make you want to eat more, some of which are going to make you a little more fatigued. Some might um, make you a little more irritable and cranky. Um, society has done us a disservice by, you know, just labeling us as a bitch. But I think it's more of a woman being like, yeah, you know how I was willing to put up with all of this? This is my boundary now. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the energy for your BS today. So no, this is the boundary. Oh, okay. So uh, she has given us a earful and you are chomping at the bit for the next piece of that. But I got to interject real quick and talk to you about Chomper Labs. I actually tease this out on our Instagram stories, which I never do for our ads, but I was so impressed with with this product that I felt like I had to. So Chomper Labs is a company that does at-home mouth guards for you. It is incredible. Like you don't even have to leave your house. I'm loving this day and age we're living in. So what you do, you go online and you'll take a 60-second quiz and get your personalized recommendation on which night guard will be best for you because they have soft, medium, hard, depending on how um, you feel like you grind or clench. Do you know what I'm talking about, Colleen? Clench or grind. Okay. But here's what I have to tell you guys about. So I do have, now that I have veneers, I do have a night guard that I have to wear. But I have also, even before this, I have had tension headaches that came Mm. as a result of grinding. And did you know that 15% or more of the population grinds their teeth? No. Seriously? (laughs) Yes. And I'm one of them. That's at least 50 million people in the country. And the biggest culprit behind teeth grinding grinding is stress and anxiety. And with Mm. the events of the past year, it's no wonder the number of teeth grinders is on the rise. But we have a solution. So if you've ever had a night guard, you know that there have basically been two options. You can pay hundreds of dollars for a night guard from the dentist, which I have done before like 10 years ago, or get a cheap one from the drugstore that doesn't fit well, which I did about a year ago. But Chomper Labs gives you an option that's the best of both worlds. It is a custom-made night guard that are the same quality as the dentist at a fraction of the cost. I was so impressed by not only their product, but the customer service. So everything Mm. can be done from the comfort of your home. You go online, order a kit, and then they'll send you the kit. It has these two mold things as well as some, I don't know, is it called clay? But you mix it together. It gives very detailed instructions. You put it in and you'll press it, right? If any of you have had a mouth guard made, you know that like gel foam thing that I'm talking about. You put it in for a couple seconds and take it out and then you mail it back. It comes with a pre postmarked and everything that you, you know, it comes with everything. So you just send it back. So you take a mold of your teeth from home, you send in your teeth impression, and then they send you back a perfectly fitting custom night guard that is delivered right to your door. You don't need to go in for a dentist appointment. You don't need to leave your home at all. And this is a big plus since 
I mean, like many of you, uh, Call and I aren't aren't leaving our house. So yeah. what I did after I did the mold, I went online, took a quick quiz, and chose which one it chose for me. Which one was best? The kit was super easy to use, and I love the quality. You know, it's not like the kind that you're getting at your neighborhood pharmacy. Dude, it's so good. I fell in love with these and the whole experience and turned my sister-in-law onto it too. And now she's obsessed. So you guys, don't wait to protect your teeth from grinding. Get relief from your headaches and get a better night's sleep. Visit chomperlabs.com slash sip. That's chomperlabs.com slash sip, C-H-O-M-P-E-R-L-A-B-S dot com slash S-I-P. Get $15 off your first night guard with code SIP plus free three-way shipping. I love this carving out time to really become in tune with ourselves. And having that grace, like you mentioned, that things are going to fluctuate and things are going to change. How can we how can we tell the difference though when it's like a normal fluctuation? Or if we think like, are there any signs, indicators that something could be not um not normal. So if we think our hormones are off, what are the typical indicators of that? And then what would you recommend as a, a best next step? Absolutely. So the first indicator is you feel like something's not right. And that is usually the time that we gaslight ourselves because we already know yeah. what's going to come at the doctor's office or from someone else. But here's the thing. You live in your body. You are the expert on what is normal for you. And you will have this little voice or you will have this sense where you're like, something's not right. Like something is just off here. And uh, you need to listen to that. So hormonal imbalances and the way that they uh, show up, they're very, very subtle. So that's going to be your first clue. It's going to be that very, very subtle. Something's not right here. Like, I just feel like something's not right. It is only once things really progress because the entire time, so a hormone imbalance that starts, like the whole system, the whole endocrine system starts to shift. So you know, whether that is like, oh, I'm not getting my progesterone levels up. Now we're going to start to see adrenal shift, thyroid shift. Like we start to see all these hormones shift as they try to find that equilibrium again. And so it's going to be subtle until it's not. And then that's where it's like, wow. And, and because it sneaks up on you, because it's subtle, it's not usually like, you know, it's not like falling down and scraping your knee and being like, whoa, this just happened. And there's blood and like, there's a problem. It is very, very subtle to where you may even begin to think that this is the new normal. And if you go to a doctor, sometimes they will tell you, this is always my favorite line, uh, heavy sarcasm there, is you're just getting older. And this is what it's like <laughs> to get older as a woman. I mean, I was actually told that after the birth of my son when it turned out that I had an autoimmune condition affecting my thyroid and I needed thyroid medication. But I actually had several doctors tell me, you're a new mom. This is the way you're supposed to feel horrible and you're just getting older. And I'm like, I'm in my early thirties. Like, I don't know. No, I shouldn't be like creaking like a grandma with my knees. Like what's happening here? So, you know, some of the big things to look out for, well, first I should say is to track your symptoms and to track your cycle, just so that you, you know, and you have a baseline parameter, because when you write these things down, it is much harder for a healthcare provider to gaslight you, which is, um, you know, something that's a well-documented phenomenon 
in the research, uh, but we didn't even need research to just validate what women have been telling us all of these years. Um, there's a study actually showing that it takes about 11 seconds before a doctor will interrupt you um, and stop listening to you and has already oh. like decided. Yeah, 11 seconds is what you Holy get to tell moly. your story. Crazy, right? And so this is why tracking your data is so important because when you have it in front of you and then your doctor's like, you just don't know your body or this is just normal. You can be like, no, no. Like, because it's really hard, especially when someone's in that position of authority, not to allow that to happen. But when you can look at it and say, nope, I've been writing it down. I've been documenting it. Like that the paper doesn't lie. The iPhone doesn't lie. Like wherever you document it. So Writing down, you know, basic things like, um, you know, how often does your period come? Is it every 28 days? Probably not. Um, that's not, you know, that's a basic uh, template that we use for teaching and understanding, but it's important to understand it might be 26. It might be like 32. So uh, it does it come regularly. Are you having any hot flashes, uh, vaginal dryness, mood swings, anxiety, or, or anything coming up, you know, before your period? So any of those PMS symptoms, how long do they last? Um, and, and vaginal dryness, uh, just so everybody is clear, um, it is cyclical as well. Not like it's the Sahara, but definitely you need some lubrication. Uh, that's one that like Hollywood consistently gets wrong, right? It's like, oh, he just looked at you. Oh, like, oh, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's no time for yeah. a condom or anything like, oh, we're just instantly having sex and like no that's just like not how it works um around ovulation yes like copious amounts of healthy normal vaginal discharge and lubrication but as you edge towards your period or right after things can be a lot different so let's just say you know so everybody knows that's normal but also you know understanding that your hormones can affect every system in your body so pay attention to your skin pay attention to your digestion mm -hmm. pay attention to your mood and you know what is your period like is it more than seven days? Is it only three days? Is it heavy? How heavy is it? You always have to quantify this for a, a practitioner. Because if you say my period's heavy, your doctor might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you say, I'm changing a super tampon every hour and I have to have a pad with that as well. Otherwise I bleed through. That's like, okay, hold up. Like this, this is seriously heavy. So tracking all of these things are just really important. And it doesn't take, it's not, you know, I just rattled off all this stuff and it's the first time you're hearing, you're going to be like, oh my God, that's so much stuff. It's really not. Um, and you could just, you can, you know, even write them down and check little boxes every day if you want. But when you have hormone imbalance symptoms, you know, one, we can be looking at our cycle because that is super, super helpful, but they can show up in other ways as well. So you know, what is your energy level like? It's okay to be a little bit tired. Um, it's okay, to, you know, before your period to be like, yeah, I want to, I need to sleep a little bit more. I need a nap. Um, naps are actually incredible for your health, really, really good stuff. But if you're finding that, you know, you're sleeping 12 hours and you're dragging out of bed, that's a problem. If you have significant joint pain, like your feet hurt as soon as you step onto the floor or you are, um, you know, finding of exercise intolerance, that also can be a sign. New onset of acne or acne that's getting worse. Now, listen, if you were like binge eating sugar during the holidays, you know, or you know dairy's a trigger and you you went to a cheese party, like, get the, okay, we get some acne. That's like not the end of the world. But if it's consistent, we definitely want to investigate that. And then, um, you know, paying attention to mood symptoms as well. Um, we have, you know, at the time that we are talking right now, we have gone through 
a massive stressful event like no one on the planet has ever lived through before mm-hmm. of the 2020 pandemic and then 2021 is like oh you think you're you think you did a number <laughs> let me show you how to do the thing right and so just to understand that like that prolonged chronic stress it is leading to pandemic periods as i've been calling it because they are um people are having lots of period problems but lots of mood symptoms as well and so Your system was always designed to be really, really good at acute stressors. It was never designed to have chronic stress like we've all been experiencing. So you may be seeing more anxiety and depression coming up. You know, that can be situational. Usually these things are multifactorial, but they can also be rooted in your hormones. As stress goes high, our cortisol level has to respond. Our brain tells our ovaries it's a bad time to make a baby. And so progesterone levels can decline. And without progesterone, we don't get that chilled out calm effect with that too much of, you know, the um, epinephrine, norepinephrine shooting off from the adrenal glands. We can get that anxious, that racing, you know, thoughts kind of, uh, you know, sensation going on in our brain. So this is just to say that like your hormone imbalances can show up in a lot of ways and you have to, this is why it's really important to do your daily check-ins with your body. So when, after my first postpartum experience, um, I guess it was about a year postpartum, I started experiencing a lot of these symptoms that you're kind of saying, hey, pay attention to low energy, night sweats, um, brain fog, fatigue, you know, like all of these things. And I went to a naturopath and had a blood test done because I'm listening to your book right now. And in there you say, you know, if your doctor is not listening to you and they're just writing you off, find a new doctor. So I guess a two-part question. If you suspect something's off, what do you do about it? What should you do? And um, who do you go see? What Like I went to a naturopath. You said you're a naturopath. Is, is that who you go see? Um, and is there anything different because I'm postpartum again right now, a year postpartum, we just weaned and I can tell I'm going through some major hormonal shifts. Is there anything we can do in that period um, in the interim where you can we can support our hormones mm-hmm. our hormone health? Yeah. Okay. So firstly, is that when you wean, that's going to be another hormonal shift uh, for sure. So that's that's not uncommon to see. In terms of, you know, what do you do? Who do you go see? You know, you one, so we want to have like it written down and, you know, really dialed in like what is, what has changed and what do I need help with so that you can communicate best and most efficiently to your provider, which will allow you to advocate for yourself. And then, um, you know, there are great uh, functional gynecologists out there who take more of a holistic perspective, integrative practitioners as well. I will clarify that um, if you're going to see a naturopathic doctor, make sure they are a naturopathic doctor. Uh, There are practitioners who are called naturopaths, um, which is so, so very confusing um, for the public. And they're not actually trained to practice medicine. They're not licensed to practice medicine. They can't prescribe, diagnose, or treat. And that's just an important distinction. They can have their own strengths in terms of diet and lifestyle, but if you're having issues, we need to test, especially postpartum. Um, So some of the things that you described, those can be thyroid symptoms, which are, you know, that's a really common time to see thyroid issues arise is postpartum. So uh, it's been estimated in some studies that one in 12 women worldwide will develop a condition called postpartum thyroiditis, which can be 
It's essentially Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease that attacks your thyroid. But postpartum thyroiditis can be transient, which means that it can go into remission about a year postpartum, which is, you know, when you're, when the rest of your hormones are working themselves out. So you definitely want to test, figure out what's going on. And then in terms of supporting yourself postpartum, it's actually what my first book was all about. I realized there are, you know, at the time, so now there are lots of postpartum books. At the time, there were like none, literally, like there was just everything was about pregnancy and then everything focused on baby. And then any yeah. book that contained postpartum stuff, it was really only focused on this first six weeks. And I just remember I one day I was just like nursing my son and I was like, this is bullshit. Because the, the, then the focus on childbirth, oh my God, what are we talking about? Like one day of your life, um, apologies to the women who spend like three days in labor. Um, but like, what, what are we talking about? Like, this is like a one day event. And yet we spend so much energy and so much time about the birth plan, which PS, if you've never had a baby, um, birth plans are cute and funny, um, to the, <laughs> to the universe because it just lasts, right? Um, it's always good. Like write them so that your provider is on the same page, everybody's on the same page, you know, like your, your limits and things. And yet, like, just know that like all bets are off when it comes to childbirth. Like I was like, I'm going to have a home birth in the water. And every time I got in the water, my body's like, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to have a contraction. We're just not <laughs> doing this. And I'm like, come on. And then I'm, you know, I also had like this, like my mom had babies in like 15 hours or less. And so did my sister. And then like 19 hours of active labor and vomiting like nonstop. And I'm like, what is, what is happening here? So, <laughs> no. um, that's my, that's my like, um, Zen thank you universe lessons of like, this is not in your control. Um, you're just going to have to roll with this, but you know, focusing on the postpartum, that is so, so essential you know, I think about marathon runners. I think about, you know, CrossFit athletes and these Ironman and then like all of society's like, you just did a thing. Let's like hold, hold this, you know, beautiful space for you to heal. Yes, you should be getting IV therapy and you massages and all this stuff. And you have a baby, which is arguably like a much more strenuous athletic event compared to anything any other human's doing. And society's like, you know, get up and clean your house. Like, what, what is that? So, you know, in the postpartum period, it is so, so crucial that you be taking care of your health the best that you can. The reality is, is that we're not supposed to be alone um, as mothers. And yeah, I mean, God, like I just right now with everything that's going on, I mean, there was a period of time where hospitals were making women birth alone. Um, I don't know yeah. if you guys, I was, I was noisy on social media about it. Like that is just inhumane to me and just wrong and just I could not. And I'm like, I get that you're scared of COVID and all this stuff. And yet at the same time, she needs dignity and she needs an advocate in the room mm -hmm. because obstetrical violence is real. And it's going to get a whole lot worse when you have a provider operating out of fear and she doesn't have someone there to advocate. So if we want to take care of ourselves postpartum, uh, yeah, we've got to sleep. We've got to eat regularly. We've got to get good sleep, eat regularly, stay hydrated these things are really hard to do when you have a new baby, right? So mm -hmm. we have to honor that and recognize that we may need even more support from that. Um, the staying hydrated thing, that's kind of a non-negotiable if you're breastfeeding, by the way. But know that the dehydration that can come of you missing drinking, like getting that glass of water before you sit down to breastfeed can stress the adrenal glands even more, which shouldn't make you feel like, oh my God, I'm not doing something right. Instead, it's, hey, 
here's one thing I can do that's a step towards my health. Yes, it helps with the breastfeeding, but it also helps my hormones immensely. And it's as simple as walking into the kitchen and filling up a glass of water. The other thing that I would say is making sure you stay on your prenatal. Um, and that you have a high quality prenatal and it is meeting your needs. Um, if you had a lot of blood loss postpartum, then you're going to need to likely bring on not just more iron, but looking at B12, uh, B6 and folate as well. That's going to help you regenerate your red blood cells and that B6, uh, B12 and folate essential for neurotransmitters for your hormones overall. So sometimes it's a good idea just to add an additional B complex. Those can really support the adrenal glands, the thyroid, helping mood as well. All right, you guys, you heard it from Dr. Brighton. It is time to take care of us. And part of that is making sure we're nourishing our bodies with delicious food, organic fruits and vegetables. Nobody makes it easier to do that than daily harvest. Oh my gosh, you guys. I, I've i talked about this before and I'll talk about it again. I struggle during the day with like just the busyness of life and work. It's like, what the heck am I going to eat for lunch? And I want to put something good into my body. And sometimes I just have like, I can't even think about like, what is that thing? You know, the brain power to decide how am I going to get organic fruits and vegetables in my body? And I love having daily harvests ready for me when I'm ready for them. They stay fresh in my freezer until I'm ready to enjoy them. And I love that because I'm not wasting food, which is a huge game changer. I don't have to overthink it. They've got smoothies. They've got crisp flatbreads for lunch or dinner. They've got food that's perfect for cooler weather, like bowls and soups. They don't use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. And they just launched their first ever plant-based milk collection, starting with almond milk. It's made of almonds, a little dash of sea salt. That's it. You guys, I love getting stocked up on my daily harvest. I feel like I'm minimizing the environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to everything being 100% compostable, recyclable, plant-based, and renewable fiber packaging. Huge win, you guys. I love their bowls and adding some protein, like a little egg or a little chicken. That's and just my preference. don't forget their ice cream. They're freaking ice oh, cream. Oh, the ice cream's so solid. They just came out with a salted caramel flavor. Uh, mm. To die for. I literally put two or maybe three of them in each of my auto shipments now because they're just so good. John and I are mm. obsessed. So go and get started yourself today by going to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code SIP to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code SIP for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. Dailyharvest.com. These are all really, really awesome things, especially I know Ashley really struggled with adrenal fatigue. And um, man, I even going taking a step back and when you were talking about all the support, I just remember so much, so many classes for a birthing plan and for being pregnant. And then I was slapped in the face with postpartum and how hard it was. It was no joke. Kind of really, I don't actually know if it's related to adrenal fatigue, but there's been many many moments, I would say in the last couple of years, and Ashley and I are both in our mid thirties. And we've talked about this on the podcast where we'll come on here and we'll have like, like a total brain fart or we'll be talking, be like, what was I just about to say? You know? And I, it's never happened until my mid thirties. 
is this mom brain? Is this adrenal fatigue? Is this normal? Like part of getting older? And do you have any tips um, to help our brains work better? <laughs> totally. So um, there has been some research to show that about, you know, around six months postpartum, the or excuse me, six months of pregnancy, the brain does start shaking a bit, which might make you be like, what the hell? Um, because when I read that, I was like, hold up, what? Um, yeah. It does come back about six months postpartum. Of course, that's like going to be in a, you know, most ideal environment. But the hypothesis is, is that the reason why there's changes in the brain and how it's functioning. So, right, like women are like, you know, studies are always like, you can't be multitasking. Multitasking so bad for you. And yet women are like really good at it. Um, every time I read those, I'm like, yeah, I'm like really good at that. And yet you're not so good at it. Postpartum, what's going on? Well, the hypothesis is, is that evolutionarily speaking, this is a adaptation to make us hyper-focused on baby where we're not distracted, oh, wow. where we have, we are incapable of paying attention to everything else that really doesn't matter, right? Because Whoa. your body is like the most important thing is that we're healthy and baby's healthy. Like we did this thing for the last year in getting ready for a baby and then gestating. And now we have to ensure baby's survival. And so this is oh a thing gosh. like people hate. <laughs> Are you having an aha moment? Yeah, this, yeah, is, this wild. is wild. Yeah. So there's like people will, um, you know, people will reject the idea of mommy brain. I don't blame them because it's just one more way that society kind of like puts a nail in the coffin of saying that like, oh, because you're a woman, you can't, um, which I just think is like total BS because your brain can actually come back stronger. And there have been studies to show that women who have gone through childbirth, they actually are much better at multitasking. Um, they've got a complete edge, especially on their male counterpart in terms of their brain's function, because, you know, you are bathing in oxytocin. You've had, um, you know, nine months of estriol, you've had uh, lots and lots of progesterone going on. So you've had all these hormones that actually are supporting brain health. Your brain just had to do a little adaptation so that you don't, you know, get distracted by something else. And you focus on that horrible scream that just like, you know, reaches into your soul and rips it apart. Um, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, my husband was like, my son would be screaming in the back of the car and I would just be like, sometimes like, especially in early postpartum, I just start crying and I'm just like, I can't handle this. Like, I just want to be with him. And my husband's like, why can't you just ignore it? I'm like, because I'm programmed and wired and not to ignore that. Like I have to, uh, I have to be tuned in to him. That's the, that's the way it is. Um, so what can you do to support this? Right. So definitely uh, the other thing that I have to talk about is that sleep deprivation is bad for every human's brain. Um, every animal's brain in general. In fact, there are studies that showing that being sleep deprived and then driving is more dangerous than being, you know, having a buzz from drinking like some alcohol. Like that's when we all know how bad drinking and driving is. If you don't know, it's really bad. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> and yet like if you're sleep deprived, it's even worse. And that is the thing that like scares me is I'm always like, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's like New Year's Eve and we're afraid of drunk drivers. Like if you're out on the road and yet there's like people who are not sleeping enough. Like, and like, what about these, like, not just the new moms, but the new dads as well. Um, or these 20 somethings who go out and party. Um, we've all been those people at some point. So the sleep deprivation is really, really bad for brain function, um, brain performance altogether. Your uh, reaction time will be slowed. You will be more forgetful. So understand that your small human does not hate you. And that's why they're keeping you awake. It's that their liver and their ability to store fuel is, it's just not there. And so, you know, whenever women are like, oh, my like, you know, newborn sleeps through the night. I'm like, ooh, you should like check in with the pediatrician because like they really should, there should be night feedings going on. There should be this waking up happening because they just don't have the ability to store their uh, fuel. And um, so, you know, you're, so this is just one thing to say that like, look, in the beginning, it's going to really suck (laughs) because you're not going to sleep and you have to be feeding uh, that baby. And, you know, most women are not going to be pumping in the first few weeks postpartum. Um, And so with that, understand that the sooner you can get to a uh, consistent amount of sleep and you may be like, okay, I'm, I'm sleeping like four hour chunks. That's better than, you know, only sleeping four hours. If you can nap in the, during the day, that's, you know, anytime you're sleeping and you get in that, that deep restorative sleep, you're uh, basically the like housekeeper of your brain comes in and starts cleaning up stuff. And, um, and you can, you, you literally have a detox system in your brain. Do you have to do anything to make it work? Yes, you have to sleep and you have to get into deep sleep as well, which sometimes you're going to have to leverage things. You want to do this under a provider supervision um, to get quality sleep because sometimes as new moms, we have anxiety, um, not even as new moms. I mean, I talk with moms who are like on their fifth kid and they're like, now I'm having anxiety and I'm worrying about all my kids and why this never happened before. And it's like, it's different. It's really different every time. So the sleep is going to be really crucial, how you nourish yourself. So um, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, setting up, um, you know, your meals ahead of time for postpartum. If you've got a community that wants to do a meal train for you, fantastic. Um, One thing that I did is I actually made tons of freezer meals and um, like soups and stews, um, things that are really warm um, and can be broken uh, down easily, you're going to absorb those nutrients better. So we also know digestion can be a little funky postpartum. So, you know, uh, smoothies, you know, some women gravitate towards smoothies. In Chinese medicine, they talk about warming foods. Um, in a lot of cultures, they talk about having warming foods, so like lots of bras and things like that, because they see postpartum is more of that like cool time. Um, and anytime, you know, that you've, you know, like if you have like a surgery or, uh, you have an injury, like it's those warming, nourishing foods that really can be, um, mm. beneficial. So we want to nourish ourselves and we want to be looking at how can we bring in things like omega-3 fatty acids. So, um, you know, cold water fish, things like salmon, um, you can make it really easy on yourself. Like my favorite, I, I love just uh, canned salmon um, and doing salmon salads. Uh, it's just like it's such an easy way to get in my salmon salads. I like go all out. I'm like putting the veggies in there, like carrots, celery, getting I'm, I'm like pickled red onions. I'm like obsessed with those. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, fermented foods, like different things in there. So like you could just eat that and uh be able to have, um, you know, your veggies in there as well. But 
Um, also looking at if you are into sardines, they're not as horrible as um, I thought they were at one point, um, but those can be a really great source of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and then, you know, looking at perhaps supplementation. So there's, when we look at omega-3 fatty acids, there's EPA and DHA. EPA is really great for helping with inflammation. DHA, we all know about it while we're pregnant because the, you know, everyone's like, take it for your baby's brain, take it for your brain. DHA is something that I often with my patients, uh, I recommend them bringing on in the third trimester in higher amounts for them. Um, it's like, you know, it's great. You've got it for baby, but let's, let's take care of your brain and then continuing that postpartum. Guys, we're talking about all the ways to support your body. Let's talk about a way to support your ladies. Okay. Your We're talking about the best bra ever from best bras ever from Third Love. You guys, I know I was creeping on. You guys know I was creeping on Third Love for a while. Uh, they'd pop up in my Instagram feeds and I always thought about buying it, but never actually pulled the plug. I'm so glad I finally did. Um, it was so easy. I just went on, took a Fit Finder quiz. Um, they asked me some questions around my breast shape, my body, just a couple of questions to make sure that I got the perfect fit. Over 16 million women have taken this quiz, so it makes it super easy to find um, the right fit for you. And if it's not, okay, they stand behind their products. So if you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free. Ashley did have to exchange hers. So it happens and and that's okay. They're going to take care of you. It's a great process, actually. And I love nothing more than a company with good customer Easy. service. Yeah. Yes. And they've also got a team of fit stylists that are available with chat and email to answer any of your questions. But you guys, 2021 is our time to shine. It's time to focus on what makes us happy. Okay. And that includes, probably starts with the first things we put on, <laughs> you know, during the day. Our bras and underwear. Are you kidding me? Um, but they've got, you know, um, all different kinds of I'm also bras obsessed with their camis. and underwear. Have you tried their camis? And camis. Get out yeah, of here so with soft. that. So soft. Yeah. And it's like, it's like sort of supports you, hold you in without feeling like something that's like suctioning you or something. I don't know. It's yeah, magic. They're bomb. I mean, it's straight magic. magic. And they know there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash sip right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20 first. 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sip for 20% off today. This has all been so amazing. Let's wrap up with some rapid fire questions if you're down for that. Let's so do I'm going to toss you up some stuff and just would love to hear your, I don't know if it'll be necessarily a hot take, but would love to hear your just immediate knee jerk reaction. Okay. Vitamins from Costco. No. <laughs> so um, that's just like a hard no for me because anything that you're getting from um, a big box store. Oh, oh, so one, if we talk about fish oil, like what's actually in that? Sometimes they're cut with inflammatory, like pro-inflammatory um, oils like canola oil. You're getting this like huge tub of fish oil and it's like, well, has that oxidized? Like, oh, yeah. it's coming in a clear container. Well, that's not good. It's had UV exposure 
But the other thing about supplements they'll say that's like really frustrating is that they're not well regulated. And there's been consumer reports showing that what they say are in those. So for example, herbs um, turned out to be houseplants. And we don't really know what those houseplants do in a human body. So that's really problematic. The other thing is that um, when you make a supplement, so I have my own supplement line, full disclosure on this, and you do not by any means have to go take it. Um, and yet I know, I know what it costs to get high quality ingredients. I know what it costs to make them bioavailable. That means you actually absorb them. And I know what it costs to do all of the testing that we do. We do a lot of testing and third-party testing to make sure that everything that we say is in there is in there in the amounts and is actually going to work. So whenever I see a supplement and it's like, oh, it's $9 for 180 caps. I'm like, no, I would not take that. Um, Because that's the other thing too, is that you might be taking, you know, calcium, for example, but it's bound and you can't actually access it. Um, This is when you hear people make jokes that like vitamins are just expensive pee or how like they see vitamins in, uh, you know, people's, you know, fecal matter all the time. And it's like, yeah, well, it depends on the type of supplement that you're taking. There's a lot of other really great stuff to get at Costco. I will say that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but preaching maybe, to the choir. Yeah, maybe not your vitamins. Um, placenta pills. Depends. So okay. with placenta pills, we don't have a great amount of research showing like all of the benefits. It has been used um, historically in cultures. Uh, and there has been some evidence showing that like it can replenish like your mineral source, like um, iron in them, you know, in terms of like, does it help with your hormones? There, it's mostly anecdotal um, evidence, but we also want to make sure that we've got a healthy placenta and that it's been prepared correctly. So if it's the kind of thing where your placenta is just going to be sitting out for a while and no one's going to prepare it correctly, like in, in a timely manner, then like we probably don't want to be taking those. But I will say, you know, uh, what's interesting is I recently learned that in Mayan culture, they not only consume the placenta, but they also make like shampoos and and creams and things out of it. And they're using it topically as well, um, which I just find very interesting. Uh, Hypothetically, and I'm sure there's many folks who are listening to this who have been trying to get pregnant. Um, So if someone's listening to this and they've been trying to get pregnant for a year or more, do you have a top tip for them? You absolutely need to work with a fertility specialist at that point. So if you're over age 35 and it's been six months or more, you need to see an expert in that arena. Your PCP and your gynecologist are not necessarily experts on infertility. And then, you know, if you're younger, it's definitely out of year. But, you know, one hot tip is check the sperm. Because so often the finger gets pointed at the female um, when sometimes the sperm, it looks fine, but is it optimal? And if it's not optimal, get that dude on some supplements, um, stop the beer, stop smoking any cannabis, um, and uh, make sure that he's taking care of his health because he's 50% of the equation. For anyone who's listening to this that has issues with insomnia, top tips or top tip. So if you had issues with insomnia, my first question is, is it cyclical? Um, If it's cyclical and it's coming up before your period, that's about progesterone levels. So you can go to drbrighton.com. I have a whole article about progesterone and how to boost it. And that's because progesterone stimulates the GABA receptor in your brain. But the other thing is that if you're having insomnia, anyone and everyone needs to have a bedtime routine. It's not just for children too. So avoiding screens two hours before bed, 
wearing your um, blue light blocking glasses if you have them, sleeping in a completely dark room that's cool, coolish. Um, so, uh, and then when you wake up in the morning, exposing yourself to natural light. And whether or not you can see the sun, it doesn't matter, but this will help train your circadian rhythm. Okay, what do you eat for breakfast? It depends. I eat, I try to vary my diet and eat different things every single day. So today was, <laughs> today was oats and fruit and nuts and lot and like chia seeds and flax seeds. And it was just like a very, very fiber rich meal. Whereas yesterday was eggs and probably about two cups of vegetables. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I would say to everyone, don't find yourself in a breakfast rut and definitely try to eat a variety and see each meal as an opportunity to build your nutrient density. If you do need some tips, uh, drbrighton.com slash hormone kit. That's a hormone balancing starter kit that has a seven day meal plan and recipes to help you get started. Love it. Okay. Two more fasting. Depends. So Love it. <laughs> um, all of us can really um, fast in, in the evening to some extent, like, right. We can close the kitchen and not eat for like eight hours. Um, the fasting research is mostly on men. Uh, we don't have a lot of great fasting research on women. As we talked about on my Instagram, I brought on Dr. Amy Shaw, fasting MD, and we talked about uh, needing to, you know, you're fasting, and you're going to be better off fasting like like after your period pre-ovulation than you are, um, you know, in that uh, luteal phase. So just before your period, because of the shifts in insulin sensitization, you're going to be more hungry before your period because you're less sensitive to insulin. It's going to be harder to fast. Unless you have metabolic issues, adrenal issues, you, most people can do fine with a 12 hour fast. And I don't even think most people realize that they are doing a fast when they eat dinner at six o'clock and then they don't eat breakfast until 7 a.m. That is actually a fast. You are fasting at that point, which is great for gut motility and regularity. Uh, it's great for your gut health overall. It's great for your brain health. It has a lot of benefits. But um, why I say it depends is because we see people doing like really extreme fasts. And I say extreme if they're like very frequent, but there are protocols where these can work. So Walter Longo, Dr. Walter Longo, um, you know, he's got the fasting mimicking diet, which is about a five day fast. Um, you can see tremendous benefits in terms of um, healing, you know, from traumatic brain injury as you get into ketosis. Um, helping with autoimmunity. There's a lot of really great things that can come out of it, but is that what's best for you? Is that the first step? And so that's the question that we really have to ask. And while, you know, fasting is very hot and trendy right now, and it does absolutely have benefits. The question is always, is that true for me? Does it really have benefits for me? If you are a new mom, um, oh man, I had a person the other day that was like, I'm pregnant and I want to do a five day fast. And I'm like, no, no, you do not. <laughs> like, no, you, it is hard enough to like get the nutrients you need and you're growing a human and it is not the time for that. Um, or women who are pregnant or postpartum who are like, I want to go, I want to do a fast and I want to be on a ketogenic diet. And it's like, this is not the time but also you may already be doing it, <laughs> but not even know it. I mean, when, um, it was about five years ago, I was, um, at this live conference, I was giving a talk and, uh, people asked me like, do you intermittent fast? And I'm like, well, I always have a 12 hour non-feeding window while I sleep. Like that's yeah. So yeah, I fast, but I wouldn't even consider that fasting. That's just like what we do <laughs> as humans, but it is technically fasting. 
Yes. I actually am a big um, fan. I like the way that my brain functions when I'm fasting. Like I'm fasting right now for this interview because I wanted to just be sharp um, and I'm no longer breastfeeding. So I think, and you mentioned that when you were on that live, um, I I think it's great. You brought up fasting when you're pregnant is a no-go. I also think, you know, when you're nursing is a no-go because that is a big ask on your body. And then Mm -hmm. to to fast on top of that. So, and I, and I'm in like a body positivity space as well. And so there's a lot of diet stuff that comes up, um, around bodies changing. So I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for all the moms and new moms out there. Your job right now is to take care of this little human that you're either building or nourishing. Well, and you bring up a really good, uh, point about, I get asked about like, well, is fasting just another insidious way that diet culture is creeping in? Yeah. When they tell you that like you can lose seven pounds in like a week and like you just have to fast. Yeah. That's diet culture. When we're talking about like any of these diets. So like I had a traumatic brain injury back in 2016 and my body, like I, because of being in the hospital and all the scans and everything, like I ended up finding myself like three days fasting. I was just drinking water. I was like so nauseous and all this stuff. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm already in the fast and I'm going to go. I, I, so I should be in ketosis. I'm going to stay with a ketogenic diet. And I did that for six weeks. I did it until I um, was dreaming about one, I hated avocados. So that was the first, I was like, I can't eat another avocado. I hate bacon. Like I, like who hates avocados and bacon? Like what? Um, but also it was like dreaming about apples and like wanting to eat apples and potatoes. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like honor this and, and make that transition off. And when I was sharing about that, people were like, you know, that's just reinforcing diet culture. I'm like, no, my brain is injured and this is about repairing my brain. And this is not where I'm going to be at for life. And, um, even if it is something that like I chose to cycle out of, that's my own business for my own health. But we have to be careful because as these things come up, a diet culture always finds a way to take any, any science or any health benefits and make it about, you know, the weight loss. Oh, absolutely. So I was going to ask, What's the most popular question you get from your from your followers? Oh, I think it's always how do I balance my hormones? Yeah. It's always about like how how do I actually do this because they go to their doctor and their doctor says hormone imbalances are normal because like your your hormones are cycling throughout the month and I'm like stop stop being cute, okay? We're not talking about that. And for some reason when it comes to estrogen and progesterone, doctors are really quick to dismiss that there is even a concept of hormone imbalance. Um, and yet, you know, I speak on a lot of stages to practitioners. And when I start to explain what, what do you call a thyroid imbalance? Like, what do you call a thyroid hormone imbalance? Well, if it's too low, it's hypothyroid. If it's too high, it's hyperthyroid. And we can test for that. What do you call an insulin imbalance? Uh, what do you call uh, hyperandrogenism, right? What do you call a testosterone imbalance? Oh, we have like, you know, we recognize we have no problem le- recognizing low testosterone in men and we can recognize high testosterone in women. And we, we name all of these things, right? And we've got conditions that lead to them. But for some reason, when it comes to the menstrual cycle and having like symptoms of PMS and all of that, there's no such thing as a hormone imbalance. And in some ways that only lends itself, that type of thinking lends itself to a one size fits all treatment, which tends to be the birth control pill. Fine if you want to use it, but we should also understand why we're using it. I mean, we know that like 60% of women, you know, roughly are using it for symptom management. 
which is problematic. It's not how it was designed. It's not really like how it's been uh, approved for use universally. Um, and at the same time, there might be something else going on that's worth investigating. And with that, I think it's so relevant to say you have, this was just the tip of the iceberg, but you have your book Beyond the Pill that dives so deeply into what that hormonal birth control does to our bodies, whether you're currently on it or have been. And and more than that too, like I was like, I'm not sure if this book's going to be relevant to me because I'm not on the pill and haven't been for years, but I'm finding so much useful information. So if you guys love this episode, where can they find you and your work? So my main hub is drbrighton.com, D-R-B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Dr. Jolene Brighton, same handle over on TikTok. Um, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. But, and so, but the main hub is if you go to drbrighton.com, we've got a ton of free resources and articles on there to really help you understand your body, understand your options. And it's our hope and, and my team's goal is that we help you be so educated about your body that you are able to advocate for yourself with your provider. And you are able to implement the things that your provider may never even mention, like eat right, exercise, get good sleep. And recognize too that like that's the stuff that keeps you out of the doctor's office and that your doctor isn't going to do with you, but you have all the control and power in. Dr. Brighton, thank you so much for sipping with us today and for being here on our podcast. It was just amazing. And we are so thankful for you and your work and for sharing the last hour with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the work that you're doing in this world, um, helping get this information to women. I think it's absolutely extraordinary and wonderful. And I want to encourage you to keep it up. Whoa, you guys, we covered a lot of ground. This is the kind of episode that you need to listen to two or three times. Okay, so share with a friend, <laughs> share, share with everybody that you know, I because it's just like, I feel like <laughs> I opened my throat <laughs> truly. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice end cap here. For this episode. <laughs> but it, no, I, it is. I mean, yeah. we have been looking forward to having her on for so long um, because hormones are one of the most important things in our bodies and they're just not talked about enough. And I had no idea how much they really regulate and how to support my body best. And, you know, now Mac and I are done with our journey and who knows where you're at. Wait, your breastfeeding journey. <laughs> you and Mac are not done. <laughs> Mac and I aren't on speaking terms anymore. Um, he's, uh, we're done. I've ended that relationship. <laughs> he hit a year old and I'm out. See you later, bro. Did my you part. You got it from here, kid. <laughs> um, but, you know, as she mentioned, that's like a big hormonal shift and whatever. And I'm just yeah. really interested in supporting my body the best way I can. So I'm so grateful that she came on and shared. All- and you guys, I am listening to her book right now. And it is a, I thought it wasn't going to be useful for me because it's called Beyond the Pill and I haven't been on the pill for so long. And I am learning all kinds of things. So if you liked this, then go check out her book. Yeah. And just at the very least, hopefully this encouraged you to support your body and take care of yourself and slow down and also allow yourself grace. You know, we're so hard on ourselves when things get stressful, like it shouldn't be this hard and I should da, 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 da. And it's okay to slow down and take some time for you. And we are cyclical creatures. So 
It's been a couple of days since we actually spoke with her and I have found myself trying to be more intentional when I wake up in the morning, just like checking in on how am I doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I love that. So you guys, I before we hop off here, because we're not going to rant and rave, this has, been a, this has been a lot of good info on this episode. We'll probably have some hangover, like we'll digest this more over on Patreon and give you some behind the scenes. So also those drop on Fridays. We are. That's actually true. That's not just like a tease. Last this Friday's is... episode, we talked about sex and we're going to continue talking about it. So, right? Only there. Yeah. Only there. Only not there. here. We are not bringing not it here. here. So, so head over to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash you can sip with us to catch those Friday episodes. All right, you guys. We love you. You can sip with us. Always. Always. And we will see you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. What more you can sit with us? How about another round of your favorite podcast? We same, 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 same. Join us for another round over on Patreon. That's where we give you the down and dirty. We get raw and real. We raw dog it over there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every Friday, at least, we drop Friday episodes over on Patreon and additional content. It's all ad free. You can sign up. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash you can sip with us or download the Patreon app and search. You can sip with us. Become a patron. Five bucks, guys. It's five bucks a month. I mean, just give up your latte one day. One day out of 30 days, boom, paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Totes, kibbutz. Do it. We'll see you over there. KCO. Every Friday, guys. Love you. Bye. You're our crew. Bye.